have some movies you'd like us to review? Tell us! Send us an email at driveinmovieshr at gmail.com. Or slide into our DMs on Instagram and Twitter at drivemoviespod or on Facebook at Hogan and Rudy. Let us know what to watch next. And now, on with the show. Welcome back to another episode of Driving Movies with Hogan and Rudy. I just forgot our la- our names. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we made it to our last week of musical May with our last music matchup. Can I can't talk today? Music. So it's tongue twisters. Matchup, music matchup. Matchup of music. This week is Immortal Beloved going up against Amadeus. So we're taking it back. We're taking it back to classical times. We want to make sure we uh, cover all types of music for for our uh, music categories. So we're, we're throwing it way back uh, and doing a classical matchup between Ludwig von Beethoven and Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. So let's start... Um, so first off, we have Immortal Beloved from what year? 1994. Yeah, that's right. Uh, directed by Bernard Rose, starring Gary Oldman, Jerome Crabb, Isabella Rossellini, Joanna Ter Stieg, Marco Hofschneider, and Miriam Margolis, and some other people in there as well. Going up against a movie about Mozart, and that movie is Amadeus from what year? 1984. 1984, yeah. So, 10 years earlier. That one is directed by Milos Foreman, starring F. Murray Abraham, Tom Hulse, Elizabeth Barrage, and uh, some other people in there as well. Those are the three main characters that you see throughout the movie. So I'll turn it over to you, Rudy, to kind of go a little bit more in depth on what exactly these movies cover about these two icons. Yeah, so we'll start with Immortal Beloved from 1994, uh, which is about Ludwig von Beethoven. Um, and it's about his life and death. Um, but besides his work, he's known for a famous letter that he wrote to a nameless beloved uh, and the movie tries to find out who this beloved was. Um, so it has his secretary go through and meet the many women that he's met through his life. And they try to figure out who this famous beloved was. Uh, and then we have Amadeus, which is about the life and success and troubles of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Uh, as told by Antonio Soleri, the composer who was insanely jealous of Mozart and his of his talent and claimed to have murdered him. So that's uh dun, dun, it's our dun. movies. Bum, bum, bum. Did he murder him? Or did he not? Take three hours to find out. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> Starting off with writing in these two films, what did you think about the writing? So I'll start with Amadeus on this one. So it takes place during Mozart, Mozart's time I think is the late 
think he was born in the 1700s, like 1756. I was trying to do some research on Mozart, but the writing is different. Um, it's certainly a period piece, but it's not fully a period piece, if that makes sense. It's the way they speak is a is pretty modern. It feels. Uh-huh. It's pretty long. He says that we watched the director's cut, uh-huh. which is three hours. So they they really take their time going through Mozart's life. But I it, it keeps your attention because it's that other composer on his deathbed telling the whole story of Mozart. So you Antonio get, Salieri. Salieri. Yeah, however I pronounced it before I probably butchered it. Um, <laughs> so, Come on, uh, Rudy. It's I, Italian. I, I know. I'm only like eight percent oh my gosh uh, <laughs> but I, it flows very well for being three hours and we'll i'm sure it's about music so we'll definitely get into the music but that yeah. plays a large role in in the whole story um as for immortal beloved that one is a bit of a slower burn and that's saying a lot compared to because amadeus is certainly slow as well and it's an hour shorter and it's an hour shorter, and it feels way longer. I I like the story. It's just, it's slow. I don't know. Yeah, Immortal Beloved, in terms of the writing, I like the concept of the movie. So it's pretty much, you start the movie with the passing of Beethoven, and they find, I think it's his inheritance. He leaves everything to his Immortal Beloved, but that's mm-hmm. all that they have. So they don't have anything further to go on. So the quote-unquote secretary is kind of the one who's spearheading the search for the Immortal Beloved. So the movie kind of takes place over interviews with several ladies who have had some sort of relationship with Beethoven. So I like the idea of the movie. I think it's interesting to see how you learn about Beethoven through his interactions with other people. And that's kind of what both these movies have in common because in Amadeus, you're learning a lot about Mozart through the lens of Salieri and his interactions with him. Um, You get a little bit of additional Mozart pieces that don't connect with Salieri in there as well, but majority of it is seen through the scope of Salieri and his obsession and jealousy of Mozart. For sure. But I'll go back into that a little bit more in detail. Going back to Immortal Beloved with the interviews of the different ladies. I like the idea of of that, but the execution is kind of anticlimactic, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's not a lot of substance in those interactions. You kind of get little snippets. But those snippets, some of the storylines within the snippet are interesting and can hold your attention. But then others are like, uh, honestly, this could have been anyone. Like, (laughs) I don't see how this actually, it it, it doesn't do a good job of showing you who Beethoven was. And one of the big things that is probably my biggest pet peeve with it in terms of the story is you don't learn about his music at all. Like you learn about him as a composer but you don't you're not exposed to his compositions and you don't get a lot of time showing him 
making his music and stuff right. like that. It's it's just more about his relationships, which is interesting, but he's a famous composer and you're not even touching upon any of the works. And I guess with that movie, they take a lot of liberties in trying to de- do a deeper dive of his, you know, his relationships and kind of more of who he was as a person. But even in doing that, I just feel like I kind of, when the movie was over, I feel like it came up short. Like I didn't know any more about Beethoven and I didn't feel any more connected to Beethoven and I didn't really care who his immortal beloved was at the end because mm, the rest of the movie wasn't, wasn't that interesting. It didn't, it didn't keep me on the edge of my seat. Um, whereas Amadeus, I, I like the story. I like how the main character isn't Mozart. It's Antonio Salieri. Yeah. And the movie is following him as an older man who is kind of having a mental breakdown, you know, starting to say that he's the one who killed Mozart and everything like that. And the movie pretty much takes place. A a, a priest comes in to try to get a confession from Salieri. And that's when he's recalling, you know, how he first met Mozart and their kind of relationship from the span of uh, Mozart's career. And I, I just like the way that they frame the story more in that aspect because you get more in depth with Salieri and you get more in depth with Mozart. I feel like I learned more about Mozart. I mean, both these movies are fictional movies. They're not based on a true story or anything like that, but <laughs> they at least take these characters and try to apply what was known about them into these, you know, fictionalized accounts. But in doing that, I feel like they really took the character of Mozart, made him unique, made him an interesting person to watch. But at the same time, you're also seeing it from Salieri's point of view. And Salieri himself is a interesting character because he's kind of a, a villain, yet that's who you're getting the story from. So it's, right. it's interesting to see, to get that point of view in a movie. And I think they do a good job with it. And, and it is long. It's a it's a super long movie, and they definitely drag some parts out. But I think you're right when you mentioned that Immortal Beloved is definitely more of a slow burn. It's an hour shorter, but there's not really anything in that movie that sinks your teeth into that makes that movie go along any smoother or any faster. Sure. Whereas Amadeus, I feel like there's there's parts in that movie that are really interesting and you're like, Oh, there's, there's some scheming going on. (laughs) There's some, some foul play at hand. Mozart himself is definitely a a super weird dude. So like his interactions with people and stuff like that are always interesting to see because they present him as such a weird guy. And I'm sure we'll get into that more in, in characters, but I don't know. It just has a lot more writing techniques that keep your attention and move the story along in a smooth fashion, whereas Immortal Beloved feels kind of chopped up between those different interviews. But none of them really feel like a smooth transition. And also because they kind of take place at different points in time of Beethoven's life, so you're kind of hopping all over the place. Right. Where you're like, wait, what? okay, so he met he met this girl before this girl, but wait, no, but then they had some interactions after but then there's this girl how how are they real how do they know each other so 
I don't know. I feel like Amadeus just wraps everything up in a nice package. It covers a lot of interesting themes like jealousy, obsession, kind of like uh, the prestige, honestly, when I was watching it. I was like, this kind of gives, you know, similar vibes of these two guys who are really trying to get the most out of their passion and want to be the best that they can be. But where it's different from prestige is that you have one guy who's kind of naturally talented and doesn't doesn't have to, I don't want to say work as hard, but like he's definitely more talented and it, and it comes easier to him to create these masterpieces, whereas Salieri is kind of longing for it. So I just like the themes that that movie brings up as well. And yeah. I've talked about that uh, writing way too long, so I will I will end it there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect explanation of it's it. The, it's the director's cut of... The director's cut of our... Of our... Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting how the, both of those... They're, they're very similar, because mm-hmm. we're seeing it, each character through the eyes of... Someone else. Someone else, for sure. So is that exactly how they were, or is it not? Hmm... Probably not. I feel like uh, <laughs> I feel like a lot of liberties were taken, but I, I'm sure there are some things that are true. Like I, I know for sure Mozart was a weird dude from based on like a lot of the letters that they have from him that he sent to people. Weird guy. Weird guy. He had a, he had a creepy sense of humor. <laughs> but let's get into characters. What did you? Uh, or actually, did we say who we gave our point to in, uh... in writing? I think you can I think tell. It's assumed Amadeus. Yeah. yeah. Both of us. Yeah. Amadeus. Yeah. It's an easy win in this category for me. Easy. But let's get into characters. What did you think of the characters? How did, how well do you think these movies represented these uh famous composers? Well, if in Amadeus, if that's how Mozart actually was, wow. Like I can't even imagine for that time period to have someone that wild just and I'm sure there were people like that, and it certainly could have been Mozart. Yeah, he was an uh, he was an interesting fella. But who played Mozart? Where's that at? Um, Tom Hulse. Tom Hulse. Yes. I don't know what else he was in, but he plays Mozart very well. I the really thing enjoyed I know him. In is he did uh, the voice of the Hunchback in Hunchback in Notre Dame? Oh. But that's literally the only thing I know <laughs> from. But his laugh in there is very distinguishable. <laughs> the way his character acts, it, it certainly makes that movie more enjoyable than characters in a mortal beloved, beloved, beloved. Mm-hmm. I I always want to say beloved. I don't. I I think you mentioned this earlier, but I felt no connection to Beethoven at all. He was just kind of like this mysterious shadowy figure, and I'm like, wait, is that Beethoven? Where's which guy is Beethoven? And it, I feel like they don't really. He's kind of a jerk. <laughs> he's honestly, kind of a jerk. Which Mozart, you actually kind of feel for, because he's this eccentric guy who has all this talent and just is going crazy. And then you have Soleri, the the the, uh, the villain, who is just so mad that Mozart has all this talent because that's what he wants. And I, they talk about how. Like he prays to God to give him this talent or figure out a way to make him this famous composer and then his father dies. So then he's like, oh, that's the sign. That's what's going to happen. 
And then he sees Mozart going crazy being immature. And he's like, why does this guy get all the talent? For Forget that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to listen to God. I'm going to get revenge on Mozart. And then that's how the plan kind of unravels. So their, their dynamic between the two of them, Mozart is kind of blind to the mm-hmm. whole plan against him. So we see it, but nobody else sees it. Yeah. And just the way those characters, you see the characters for who they really are. And the acting in both are great. Old man, Sal, I can't pronounce his last name. Salieri? Salieri. (laughs) 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 Oh, gosh. We'll make it through. Don't worry. Just call him Tony. Tony. Yeah. (laughs) Old man Tony. Old man Tony. (laughs) I like how they would jump back to old man Tony talking about, you know, this his story with Mozart. Mm -hmm. But seeing how it led up to when when Tony was younger and what drove him to be mad when he was older. You can probably tell I like the Amadeus characters better than Yeah, I felt no connection with the Immortal Beloved. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I I think uh I think Gary Oldman did a good job as Beethoven. I mean for as much as I can know about Beethoven, I, it's it's hard to say. Oh, he did a really good acting job as Beethoven because I have no idea what <laughs> Beethoven was like. But I think I think they did a good job of trying to convey the type of character he was. But I don't know. The writing and the story just didn't really give me that deep connection, like I mentioned before. You know, I I didn't care who his immortal beloved was. The the women that they interviewed none of them really stood out and i don't i don't think that's necessarily a fault of the acting or the characters themselves i think it was more a notch in the writing where they weren't really developed that well the characters themselves are fine really the only one that you can give credit to is beethoven just because he's kind of the connecting link between all three but since it was only a two-hour movie and you're hopping between these different women and these different time points of where they knew Beethoven, I feel like you just don't get enough time with any of them to really understand their character. And again, that just goes back to the writing. I don't think they were given a lot of development in terms of who they actually were aside from, hey, they maybe did it with Beethoven. And that's like that's like all you get. You don't really you don't really get any substantiation within themselves as separate characters. It's only right. how they're linked to Beethoven. And that's that's it. So it's kind of disappointing to see it in that one. Amadeus, I mean the main two characters really are Salieri and Mozart. His wife is in there a lot as well as a as a major character. But it's it's really between the the, the two guys that you get most of the screen time and a lot more so honestly with Salieri because you're you're seeing old old Tony give you know his recollection of of Mozart so you're seeing both present day Salieri and um, past Salieri in his interactions with Mozart so you really connect with his character and like you mentioned earlier you get a lot of substance with him because he has this passion to be a composer he makes this deal with God where he's gonna give him his chastity and his attention all the time and he's he's going to be his servant to God if 
if God will just grant him talent to be a, a, a great composer and have him be remembered. And then he sees Mozart and, you know, he's heard his music and he's heard how beautiful it is and how great it is. And they have that whole scene where he's going through the party and he's like, is that something that's written on the face of this person? You know, can I see someone and immediately identify him as Mozart because of his genius? Yeah. And then you're exposed to Mozart and he's a little kind of, he <laughs> Salieri calls him the creature, <laughs> which makes me laugh every time. And then he, you know, has this kind of crisis of faith where it's like, I've devoted my life to God and to being his servant in exchange for the gift to be able to make music. And here he's given it to someone. He's given a better gift to someone who could probably care less about God or, or anything in, in that realm. Right. So you really see Salieri kind of um, fleshed out as a character. I don't want to say developed because he doesn't really develop. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's a rabbit he's, hole. He's kind of a, he, he's kind of a shady dude and he's, he's shady throughout the whole movie. So that's why I think it's kind of cool that you're seeing it from a villain type perspective. I don't know if he's really a villain, but in terms of Mozart being the protagonist, um, Salieri is definitely the, the antagonist in, in that scenario. Um, but then also with Mozart, in comparison with Immortal Beloved, I feel like they spent a lot more time developing his character as well, so that you get a little bit more substance with him as opposed to Beethoven. So... I just think Amadeus does a better job of fleshing out their characters, giving them motivations, giving them unique personalities, and then having them interact with each other. It doesn't seem stale and robotic like Immortal Beloved does. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I feel like Beethoven didn't actually have a relationship with any of those women. <laughs> no. <laughs> but. Yeah, I 100% agree. So, Amadeus again? Amadeus it is. Amadeus, Amadeus. The big category now, which one had the better music? Hmm. So this one's probably mostly personal preference, but I actually enjoy Beethoven's music more than Mozart. I I don't know how to describe it. Um, Mo I guess Mozart is more... There's a certain instrument from the 1700s that I can't... It's like a piano, but it's like strings. I, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, um, like a harpsichord? Or... Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Um, but he has that in a lot of his his music. He, I mean, he still has like symphonies and operas. The mm -hmm. operas, I can, I don't really care for operas too much. But Beethoven, just the, like Moon Moonlight Sonata, and like all these other throughout the movie, I enjoyed listening to Beethoven's music more. I agree with you in terms of. I like Beethoven's music more. I, I tend to find myself liking Beethoven's music more. I like a lot of his more well-known songs than I do Mozart. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know a lot of their works. I, I know probably the most well-known stuff. And I tend to veer towards Beethoven in terms of personal preference. However, in terms of the movie, I was more impressed with the use of music in Amadeus because it was almost like a character itself in the sense that you had Mozart 
who, while he was kind of a vulgar, weird guy, he was always passionate about his music. and He was always working on his music, and he was in love with his music. He was proud of his music. And then you had Salieri, who was always reaching for that music. And even though he didn't like Mozart and thought he was the creature and disgusting and how could God give <laughs> a man like this so much talent, when he heard Mozart's music, he, I think at one point in the movie, he even said there was a, a battle that began in himself and he started to split because he made sure to, you know, cancel Mozart shows as soon as possible. But he also attended every single show that Mozart put on because the music just was that beautiful and, and influenced him that much. And you see a lot more of the music. You see the composition of the music. You see how it affected the characters within the story. And it's good. I mean, it's not that I like Beethoven and I don't like Mozart. I still like Mozart. I just sure. I like Beethoven's songs a little bit more. And I think I know more Beethoven than I do Mozart. But in Immortal Beloved, it's Beethoven's music, but it's just kind of in the background of the movie. It's never really a character itself, and they never really acknowledge it. It's never in the forefront. So it works with the movie, and it moves it along, and it's it's nice to have it as the background. I think it it matches the movie well, and they use his compositions at good points in the movie. Yeah. But Amadeus just takes it to another level where they're like, he's a composer. It's all about music, and we're gonna make that we're gonna make that a main theme of the movie. We're not just gonna talk about Mozart. We're gonna we're gonna talk about his influence of his music and how he wrote some of the most well known things that that have come out today. And even in the beginning, the very very beginning, Salieri, you know, the priest comes in and Salieri's playing the piano, and he's like, "Oh, you grew up in Vienna, you must know this." And he plays, you know, a couple of his pieces, and the priest is like. Mm can't say that i know it he's like oh don't worry i have one that you know <laughs> yeah. and he plays one from mozart and the priest is like oh yeah i love that one it's it's marvelous until he was like mm, i didn't write that one <laughs> yeah so it's like it's just how they really utilize how influential the music actually is and they make it they make it a key player in the movie so in that aspect I'd give my point in music to Amadeus just because I think they really utilize it more within the aspect of the film rather than just kind of having it as the background soundtrack to whatever is going on on screen. Sure. So we are, we're split on that one. So we have we did split um, separate uh, paths. I'm, uh, I'm going straight forward on Amadeus and immortal beloved still has a bit of a chance with you. But let's go into tech. What did you think about the tech in these two? So each one had very... They were opposite as for Immortal Beloved was very dark and mm -hmm. flat the whole movie. But then you had in Amadeus, it was very bright, very energetic. And then you had those moments where it dipped towards the end, you know, when Mozart started, get, started to get sick. And it kind of got darker. But I l enjoyed the roller coaster of the bright Mozart going crazy. Then you have the dark scenes where uh, young Tony is trying to figure out a plan to bring down Mozart. While Immortal Beloved was just very dark and flat the whole movie. And it 
it did put me to sleep a bit. So <laughs> <laughs> snooze fest. No, it it was okay. Um, as for camera work, I I feel like I didn't really notice a difference between either of them. Mm-hmm. That they were both shot very well. I didn't distinguish. The main thing was the the different types of lighting that really stuck out as for tech. Yeah. I think you I think you put it best with Immortal Beloved where it was kind of flat. I think you mentioned flat. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's a perfect way to describe it where yes, they did a good job with the period aspect of it, but it's kind of boring. Like nothing really pops out. Everything's kind of drab. You have a lot of gray color and I yeah. think maybe that's because of how mysterious and and dark Beethoven actually was. But for the movie, it just kind of puts you to sleep faster, like you said, because (laughs) it's just kind of this dark movie. Nothing's really happening. Nothing pops out at you. Period pieces for me aren't my favorite because most of them do tend to. Ooh, Cass is going to be. Cass is going to be not happy with you. I appreciate period pieces. (laughs) It's not my go to film just because unless the story's really good and it's paced really well. They tend to kind of drag for me, and and that's just my own personal preference. I mean, most period pieces are extremely well done, and there's a lot of effort that goes into them. So I, I appreciate them in that, that aspect, but in terms of entertainment, unless it's not grabbing my attention or, or popping out, it just kind of drags on for me. And that's, that's really what happens with uh, Immortal Beloved. There's nothing in the tech kind of camera work, editing set design, costumes, nothing nothing really just speaks to me that to keep my attention in that aspect of it. Sure. Whereas Amadeus, like you said, it was bright. The thing that I love is the editing of that movie because it flows from old Salieri to what's going on on screen like seamlessly because you'll have him talking about it. It'll go into that segment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then usually with like music, it's usually that like a musical moment that brings it back to that old Salieri in the story. Yeah. Because it's usually him recalling, you know, whatever song Mozart wrote or anything like that. And you can see old Salieri is still captivated by it. And it's kind of the break in the story that I think works really seamlessly because you have that moment where he's talking about Mozart. Oh, you know, he was doing this and terrible Mozart and the creature and all that kind of stuff. And then you'd get to the music, and as much as I think Salieri wanted to drag him down in that aspect too, he had to he had to stop and take a step back, and just be captivated by the music. And I think like the movie does an incredible job of bringing you back to old Salieri in those moments, and it just filters so nicely back and forth between the two. So that was the big thing that impressed me watching the movie was just how they incorporated that into the editing and the flow of the movie. Also, I think in terms of period piece, I feel like Amadeus was like period piece on steroids compared to (laughs) Immortal Beloved. (laughs) Yes, I think so. Like Immortal Beloved was like a period piece, but Amadeus was, woo, that was a period piece. Like they they went hard on that one. So the costumes were great, the the lighting and everything was great, but for me the the big winner in this category was was just the editing and how how they flowed from present day to 
paste way more intricately than Immortal Beloved did. Yeah. Go Amadeus. Yeah. It's, point again. It's getting a, it's, it's, it's riding this, uh, this high wave here. I don't look at that. Sweet I don't know. If, I don't gonna... know if it'll get enjoyment though, because <laughs> you're going to pull. A, a I've been given such high praise to Immortal Beloved this whole time. It yeah, just yeah, come out from <laughs> from behind. But let's get into enjoyment. Which which movie did you enjoy more? So both are certainly slow. They are fun to watch, though. One more than the other. And if you couldn't tell by our other categories. I'm going to go with enjoyability of Amadeus over Immortal Beloved. I could, maybe not right away, but certainly I could watch Amadeus again. It's it's pretty fun to watch. I did enjoy watching Immortal Beloved, but it did put me to sleep. Yeah. Amadeus wins. Amadeus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I agree. I I can't even I can't even say anything in this category to to even give Immortal Beloved a chance. <laughs> I had seen both of these movies before. I'd, I'd seen Amadeus a couple times. I'd seen Immortal Beloved once before, and not too long ago, actually, I I had watched it the first time maybe a year or two ago, and honestly, rewatching it, I couldn't remember a whole lot about it. I remembered the end. But like everything in the middle, I completely forgot. And if you ask me a year from now, I will completely forget it again because <laughs> it's just that stale and, and kind of yeah. boring. It's it's cool to see a movie about Beethoven and to get that exposure to him in that way. And like I said, the concept for the movie, I can get behind. It sounds cool. It sounds interesting. Let's see how they do it. And they just, they try. They try very hard to to make it work. And some of it does, but as a whole, it's just forgettable. It really is. And it's not a movie that I probably would ever watch again, honestly. Sure. Amadeus, I enjoy more. I, I think it's a it's a pretty enjoyable film. I think they do a lot of great things with the movie. I think the actual filming of it and and the cinematic value of it as a whole is top notch it is long it does drag a bit it's not a movie that you can just pop in at any time you kind of really have to be in the mood and and set some time aside to be involved with it because it could definitely your attention could definitely waver out through that movie because it's long and there are kind of dips in it where you're like okay they they could have sped this Maybe it's just because we watched the director's cut. I don't know. No. I don't know what the difference is. Maybe the maybe the scenes that kind of dragged were in the director's <laughs> cut, and they're not in the theatrical cut. I don't know. I think if you if you give Amadeus the chance, if you watch both these movies, I think nine out of ten people are going to find more enjoyment in Amadeus in one way or the other. Whether you like the set design, whether you find the characters more interesting, whether you like the music, I think that. It's a pretty safe bet to say that Amadeus has at least something that someone will enjoy, whereas I really don't know if there's anything in Immortal Beloved that that anyone could really get attached to. I'm, I'm sure you, there pop is. It on, pop it on to go to sleep to. That's yeah, it. yeah. It could it could just be Insomniacs. your go to. 
Yeah, no. your go-to sleep movie. <laughs> I'm sure there's people out there who who like the movie more or find a lot of good things about it. I'm not saying that it's a it's a garbage movie, but it's just it's hard to pinpoint anything that they did exceptionally well. Right. So, my long ramblings come to an end with a clean sweep for Amadeus. Amadeus, Amadeus. Rock me, Amadeus. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Thanks for coming. Go like our Facebook page and our Instagram and our Twitter and our uh, whatever else we have. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.